Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Ivan Yates is back, this time as a media trainer. Ivan, good morning and thank you very much for joining us this morning. Pleasure to join you on Business Matters as always, Carl. We've had a long personal association, even before you were in Southeast Radio, director on Chevron Training, where I learned lots. And a slow learner, I've eventually got into the training market myself. Whatever you learned at the time from us in Chevron, we learned twice as much from you, I can assure you of that. <laughs> Ivan, you're back, of course, living in your hometown of Enniscorthy since you hung up your headphones and news talk just over a year ago. How's that going for you? To be quite frank, I finished up on the 24th of July last year and I knew in February I was going to do that. I had three-year sort of commitments and I said, you know what, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Uprooted from an apartment in Dunleary, moved back to Backstoops, got finality on the whole bankruptcy legacy of the crash and all that. So now we're back in Blackstoops. and my mother is living in the adjoining Dormer bungalow. We have 35 acres in the family and the rest of the land has been sold. I found lockdown very difficult because nobody was pushing ahead with business and there was a paralysis out there as well as the two kilometre thing. So I walked every blade of grass in Enniscorthy. I love to be back, but certainly uh, uh, there was a boredom factor. So it's only now that I'm really finding my rhythm and, and, and some forward direction. Did you make any investments over the past 12 to 18 months? I did. I uh, set up a new venture. We raised one and a half million for Golden Farm Thoroughbreds, uh, an entirely breeding rather than racehorse ownership enterprise. With Kevin Blake, he does the buying. Eleven of my friends put together a few quid. Sam McCauley, Noel McSweeney, well-known in Wexford. And it's gone very well. We now have five mares. We have two folds and we have four of them in fold. And it's progressing. Well, it's a long-term play. Over a lifetime, Mayor would have four folds. I've invested in Renatus, Mark Flood's operation, uh, round two, uh, which invests in Irish businesses and grows them. I've invested in, in a company called Web Doctor, uh, which Noel McSweeney's uh, chairman, the sweet spot of where health meets tech, and it's doing exceedingly well. Uh, and I've just invested last week in a company called Berkshire Gray, a new robotics firm based in Massachusetts that I'm very sweet on its long-term potential with all this e-tailing and warehousing. This makes the robotics instead of hand pickers, and it's the best application of AI, and I think they're going to be the next big thing. We'd like to talk now this morning about your new business venture with iQuest as your partner, and that's the Media Masterclass. How did that come about? Well, basically, during lockdown, I was thinking, I really, you know, didn't want to go back to living in Dublin and mainline media presenting. And I kind of accepted that I had 12 fantastic years, totally unplanned for, totally unexpected and badly needed, uh, rising out of bankruptcy. Very appreciative, very happy about that. And a bit like politics, when I was done with it, I was sort of done with it. And so basically... I said to myself, well, what could I do? And I thought about buying a pub and different things. And I, I landed on, okay, I'll write everything I've ever learned about how to prepare for an interview, all the courses I was ever on, which is a handful over the years as a backbench TD, uh, how to then put down all my experiences when the red light goes on. Uh, on radio and TV, and then put on my experience as a columnist. And then putting that all together, I looked at crisis PR. So you're in the deep manure. What do you do when the media rings? And then lastly, starting from scratch, 
you're a wannabe, whatever, politician, sports person, you want to get your name out there, how do you build a profile and a reputation? So I wrote down 18,000 words uh, and I refined it. And then I did uh, 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 say, look, I don't want to set up my, you know, at 61 years of age, set up my own website, you know, uh, dress code, bookings, invoices, marketing. So I, I, I met Endocrineen and I said, would you have any interest in this? And he actually came back and get, came up with masterclasses and could think of doing it beyond the media. Very, very entrepreneurial and innovative guy with the uh, uh, Business Post Live events. And basically, uh, I had dealt with iQuest. They do about 40 national and international conferences a year. And I, so I was familiar with that. They, they were, you know, top in terms of technology and in terms of standards and so on. So they had a team. They have an office at 59 Marion Square. So I teamed up with them and we've done the launch and we've set up the website. As I say, that is the key to this, um, mediamasterclasses.ie. And that explains how you book and everything. And what do you know? Because the, the thing that's different about this course, this is not like hiring a PR or a public affairs agency and you're on a retainer and they look after you. This is to make you, Carl, to make the individual their own best PR person. What is your USB? What's your baggage? Uh, and tell us the, the... So I try and distill that for you so you can sell it. It's not that someone else can. And, and therefore, you go on a bit of a journey with me, a bit of a boot camp with me within six months that you tell me what you want to do an interview about. It can be any topic at all. So as you would guess, a bit of a brief for the topic and the guest. And I'll put you through your paces on a Zoom call uh, for 15 minutes. And then I'll dissect and analyze and review what I thought was good and bad. And therefore, it's very individualistic and bespoke in that regard. I certainly don't have all the answers today. But what I do know is this, Car, that there is no one with my experience of 20 years in politics promoting Celtic bookmakers without a marketing budget just by being a cheeky, chappy personality <laughs> like Stuart Kenny did, you know, with Paddy Power in the early days. So, uh, you know, the kind of mini version of Michael O'Leary and just getting on programs, bit of a celeb, bit of whatever, but wait till I tell you. And, and, and also then working in the media. <laughs> so I think those experiences, so there's nothing, you know, out of textbook. This is what they don't teach at Harvard Business School. This is, this is uh, directly my own practical, relatable experiences. And Ivan, why do you feel that there's such a need for this service offering? Because I feel a lot of people, a media ring, oh my God, and then they see something back in print or they hear something, what did you say that for? And they're terrified. And whatever you say, say nothing. And, and, and I think there's an established ratio. If you want to make a real impression, beyond any adverse that I could put out for mediamasterclass.ie, me talking about it is 40 times more valuable. So I would encourage people. Now, this could be someone working in Focus Ireland or in a charity, someone, a Garda superintendent or, you know, a clinician who finds himself on air. Anyone who finds an NGO, anything that basically an environmentalist, it could be as well as a businessman or someone who's in the business of communications in the public or private sector. What I want to do is empower them. Not that they would be beholden to someone, but they'd actually say, you know what, I could do that. So Ivan, from your experience, what are the common mistakes that interviewees make? Well, people are lacking in confidence. Uh, people think they're prepared. Uh, and, and, and obviously you write down your three key four points you want to get across and, you know, get the basics right. And what is it? You know, this is your time to shine. So, you know, 
don't let the wrong questions get in the way of the right answer. So kind of control it a little bit if you can and to use it to pivot and turn. Also, I will tell you how to build relationships with people in the media. It might be the presenter. It could be the researcher is the most important person on a programme or a producer and you get to know them and you offer to do things for free and give them background briefing and then suddenly no one's available at short notice to do something and you come on. And this is the way people can do it. So it's a trial and error thing. So the mistakes I would say that people make is that they overcomplicate it, uh, that they uh, don't have an understanding of time. First thing you want to know in any interview, is this two minutes, Carl, or do you want my life story in 32 minutes? So in other words, be cooperative about time. I saw David Miliband on Newsnight and he just kept talking and you could see the interviewer wanted to end it and he just kept talking to it and he said, look, I'm sorry, I have to cut you off, you know, which is not a great way to go. So, you know, go with the flow and think about what you're going to say, have your sound bites, rehearse it well and I think most people don't put enough preparation into it and are too casual. So it's a one-day boot camp with Ivan Yates. But what's the format of the day itself? Is it chalk and talk? Is it case study driven? There is a little bit of pyrotechnics. Uh, the good people in iQuest have put together car crash interviews. People for whom this interview ended their existence. And it covers people like Prince Andrew and Newsnight. It covers Sean O'Rourke and Maria Bailey. It covers... Uh, Pori Flynn on The Late Late Show. It covers Brian Cowan, Early Morning uh, in Galway, um, and so on. So we, we kind of have colour throughout the day. We have different montages, but there, there is a bit of PowerPoint, but really it's a force of nature called me uh, coming at you. Anxiety and nerves are very common in media interviews, so how will you be assisting participants with overcoming those? Well, I've actually, you know, been through the full gamut of this as a government backbencher and so on, and and I've had some hairy moments when things 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 went wrong on air, uh, uh, broadcasting and so on. Uh, there are very like a little bit of anxiety, butterflies a good thing. Be a little bit keyed up, uh, be 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 very very high energy and on focus, uh, but sometimes that boils over, and it's usually to do with a very treatable thing called breathing. Uh, you know, I want to make four points and in the middle of the second point, oh my God, I've forgotten what the fourth point is. I can't look down at my notes. The whole nation is watching me. you just got to kind of turn that around with the front of your brain and I'll tell you how to do it. Every business owner's fear of the call from the media in a crisis situation. What approach will you be promoting in these scenarios during what could become a media interrogation? Well, first of all, be your own harshest critic. Before you go on air, think of the most nasty, mean question you could ask and prepare your answer for that. And that's what I mean by preparation. Don't dodge the question. And if people may not like your answer, may not agree with your answer, but if it's the truth and you believe it, they will respect you and you will be credible. That is my objective. And I think I can teach people to, to understand the difference um, and, and, and so I provide a whole survival kit. Now, there's a lot more in survival than just uh, uh, the media. You know, will your boss sack you? That is what you've done legal, you know. But I'll tell you how to chart a course over a six-day beginning, middle and end of any crisis, what you need to do to get your ducks in a row. You're also aiming this media masterclass at those that would like to build their profile. So what advice will you be providing them with? 
Well, relentless repetition of being available to the media and how to go about it. And uh, uh, there's, there's, there's lots, like, no, one size does not fit all, car. If you're in a position of authority and importance and you need to deal with the media as part of your job, that's one thing. If you're a wannabe TD who's a councillor or, you know, and you really want to make your name, that is a different thing. So I, I'll cover everything in terms of, your age, where you're at, what you want to get out of it. You know, if you if you want to be kind of old and mentorish and this is my life story and I'm quite chilled about things, that's fine. And if you're a whippersnapper at 18, that's fine too. So no one size fits all in some of those questions you've asked me, Carl. And Ivan, what were the greatest lessons that you've learned along the way when dealing with the media? Oh, be resilient. There's days that will just go bad. Just, just let it whistle by your left ear. Just, you know, they don't expect, don't expect to be loved. Don't expect to be popular. Just, just learn. I won't do that again anyway. And, and just, just, you know, and like with the whole social media and Twitter storms and all that kind of thing, I think you've got to be pretty tough and robust in the media. It's not a place for shrinking violence. And then, of course, we move on to resilience and having the stamina to be able to get through that particular period. What has been your key to success in that respect? In, in terms of the worst point of things, you can say, well, look, I can do no more today about this. I've done my best. I've, you know, repelled all, all frontiers. So that's, that's an immediate coping, coping mechanism. Always recommend taking a good walk just to clear the head and, and to get your head straight about things. Uh, leave yourself some thinking time. Uh, relationships are very important. Uh, because you've got to have an anchor, a port in a storm. Uh, but they're more personal traits that you need to develop, you know, depending what storm you're in and how long it's going to last. Because, as you know, from the last crash and maybe with the COVID crash, you know, some of the problems, you know, if you're not panicking or if you're not depressed, you don't understand the situation, Carl. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it depends how grim it is and how long-term it is. Uh, you, know, the, you know, I don't want to pretend... At some of these levels, there are quick, quick things. Some things, they take several years to sort out. I do want to speak to you before we finish this morning about the economy. What's your outlook for the Irish economy in 2022? Well, everyone tells me it's fantastic. I am less optimistic than some, insofar as that I think the public finances uh, are in rag order. And everyone is in denial about it because they want to maintain confidence. Uh, But... If you look at the increase in health expenditure, if you look at the decline in VAT receipts, because corporation tax and income tax have held up well, you know, doesn't mask the fact that low-paid people have been hollowed out in this. Uh, the high street has been hollowed out. Uh, the hospitality and travel uh, industries have been really, really set back four or five years. So uh, if you're in tech, if you're in health, if you're in grocery, uh, if you're in certain niches, it's gangbusters. Uh, but I, 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 I think these levels of subsidies are unsustainable. Uh, and I think they're really unsustainable into 2022. Uh, and I think that there is a day of reckoning to be had. Like I know pubs, very small rural pubs that closed. Uh, I know a golf club and I know a childcare business. Had their best year, like all the 2020 accounts are now in, had their best year ever. And they had no revenue. There's something wrong there. And so far, good luck to them. But that's not sustainable. So I think that... Um, and the other thing, you know, I've always maintained about COVID. You know, there was one third 
basically unaffected the public sector. One third made a few quid out of it and one third lost 90% of their income. So you cannot apply a general rule. As regards Ireland, uh, I think being the only English-speaking country uh, in Europe is a positive. I think that, you know, it will take years to get tourism back, but I'm very optimistic uh, with our younger workforce. I I am concerned um, for entrepreneurs and for business that there, there there is a movement in society and in politics which is kind of quite left and quite pro-red tape. Uh, and I think that there'll be problems along the way. I mean, like, now if you set up a business, the one time you set up a business, there's a fair play to you. You know, you're an entrepreneur, you're creating jobs. Now they're saying, like, oh, who are you gouging? What type of gangster are you? And, and that, that kind of subliminal attitude... I think in, in, you know, just we need to foster entrepreneurs and not take them for granted. You know, and if you actually look at, you know, what's happening in Asia and other countries, they're actually hungrier than us and they could pass us out in many respects. So no complacency, a job of work to deal with. Forget the public health of COVID. Let's talk about the economic impact of COVID and the recovery. And I don't think we've had that conversation yet. Uh, and, and, and that's really important. We move forward on that. And do you expect a lot of business failures to be on the horizon when supports are withdrawn? I do. I do. I do think there are pubs that won't reopen. I do think there needs to be a contraction and consolidation and rationalisation in some sectors. I think the retail situation is going to be very difficult. I think people will buy goods online, you know, the refunds and, and all that. That means good for careers and that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not universally negative, but I do think uh, so I worry about certain types of commercial property. I think housing will be fine. I think the underlying supply demand imbalance uh, and the infrastructural spend so construction, I think, you know, is a big sector of the economy. Is The outlook is good. I think agriculture and food is sound. Uh, so, I mean, really, the way, and you would know this, too, uh, from Business Matters, that, uh, you know, you, you really... You know, you've got to delve down into the siloed sectors, really. But I think Ireland is as well positioned as anyone. And I do think there will be opportunities after Brexit. Well, Ivan, yeah, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Best of luck with your next chapter in business with the Media Masterclasses. And if any of our listeners would like more information on that new venture, they can go to mediamasterclass.ie. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.